Um, we've got a special guest this morning, Pastor Aaron Gavin uh, with True Life Church. He is one of our overseers for the community. Spoke here last year. I heard amazing feedback. Um, wanted him to come back again. Um, and so, yeah, we're just going to let you run this morning. And so, seriously, till whenever we... Yeah, you know, you got really 20 to 45, so whatever you feel in there. And then we'll go to discussion, too, so, um, and see what happens there. You can also look here, and it'll show you how you're okay. doing right there as well. So, um, yeah, why don't you, where's my mute for you? Uh, just take it off, pray, whatever you want to do to get it, kick it off, and then we'll go cool. from there. All right. Sounds great. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for today. We're so thankful for Jesus. We're so thankful that, uh, that the kingdom of God is within us. Lord, we're so thankful that you never leave us or forsake us. We thank you, Father, that you're with us in the struggle and in the victory. We thank you, Lord, that we are your children. And you're a really, really good dad. And we trust in you, Lord. And and our trust in you is growing and growing and growing every day, and Lord. And, and I thank you, Father, that you're so good that even when we sin, you will not let that sin break relationship with you. You're such a good God, such a good Father. Jesus, you're just an awesome Lord and Savior. And Lord, as we come here today and as a family of God, as this community, I just thank you for just healing the heal, the hearts that need to be healed, restore the souls, bring hope to the hopeless, heal the bodies that are struggling, heal, answer the questions that have been running around in our mind, um, clear up the depression that's been trying to come upon us or anxiety about tomorrow or about the past, Lord. Just thank you, Lord, for cleaning up and taking care of all those things for us. That we don't have to work it that you work it through us because you love us. And we, Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory. We listen from our hearts today, Lord. Our hearts are open to you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, I just like, I love the presence of the Lord, you know, just the goodness of God. And it's interesting that we can have this presence. It's so funny. We can have this presence all the time. And um, I've really been in my life personally, you know, Luke and I are, you know, work together at the Living Word and, you know, just really um, had a special bond. And I remember, I, and I said, I think about our connection, you know, our hearts were always joined because we just, we, we would pray with each other, we would struggle with each other, we'd get mad with each other. <laughs> we just had this, and it always has kept our hearts joined. And when your heart's joined to somebody, it's something really supernaturally special. And our hearts are joined with the Lord. He's joined with us right now. And so many times we get caught up in life, and the struggle hits, or the pain in the body hits, or the circumstances hit, and the finances aren't enough, or you start to struggle, and then we, this weird thing begins to happen to us, and we forget that our hearts are connected to Him. He never forgets it, but we forget it. And so one thing I love about church and being in a community of people, we, we remind ourselves. That's why we come together. We come and we talk about our issues. We talk about what God is doing. 
And then we remind ourselves of, yeah, we're connected to him. And as you begin to think about that, we're connected to God. You know, uh, I've been practicing. I've been reading from this one teacher, and he said this. Because a lot of times in our lives we say when struggle comes and, and situations hit, we say things like, I don't know what to do. I'm so stressed out. I don't know where the money's going to come from. I don't know where I'm going in life. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And he says, stop doing that. What you need to do, because since God is in your heart and you're connected to God, the answer is already there. All you have to do is begin to say, I know what to do. Because what happens is that when you say, I know what to do, you're surpassing your own intellect and you're counting on God. Because he knows everything, right? He's got everything laid out, right? He knows the beginning from the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's got this great life laid out for you. But no, it's, what gets in the way is our struggle in our intellect. And we've been told, that you don't know that, or you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, and you don't qualify, and this happens, and you struggle, and you shouldn't be struggling, and you know, you should, you're a Christian, you should know better, and all these things. No, 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 no. That's just your mind messing with you. Your mind just thinking. Your mind just thinks, 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 thinks. But what God, God is in your heart, and God is perfect, and God's answer is on the inside of you. So as you begin to just go, you know, I know, Lord, I know. And you begin to wait on him, the answer comes. It's the most amazing thing. You know, and God will just start to help you in these little ways because he's there for you and he loves you. That's what grace is all about. Grace is about God coming in and, and helping you and assisting you and, and showing you and guiding you and directing you. And that's, you know, that's when I started my church. I wanted to have a grace full of, that we preached on, a church, church preached on grace because I'm going, so many years I struggled. So many years I tried to earn it. So many years, I remember I, I got so bad one time in my earning, and I was a pastor, in my earning, that I had someone who I really respected. She was a pastor, and she gave me a word from the Lord. I knew it was from the Lord. And she said, you know something? And I, this is pre-grace before I even under, knew what grace was. and thought that, you know, I kind of fell in that part where God does his part and you do your part, you know, kind of the, you know, got to sweat it out, no pain, no gain. You know, you got to press. You got to, you know, you get your, God tells you the goals and then you go out and you go get them. You know, and what happened with that? Just blew up, struggled, depressed, you know, New, Year, New Year's resolutions. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to eat, right? I'm going to, you know, go more vegetarian. I'm going to cut back on the coffee. All these things that I said that I was going to do. Now, God was giving me, you know, showing me things to do, but then I would take it and run with it and mess it up. And so I thought that was the action. I thought that being a good Christian, being responsible, you know, living out my life. And I'm just in this pastor friend, she gave me this word. And I couldn't even receive it. She goes, you know something? God says rest because he loves you. And no one she told me, I know what I said to her. I go, Pastor So-and-so, I really appreciate that, but uh, yeah, I don't know how God can like me. I'm just not doing enough. I'm not praying enough. I'm not reading enough. Because that's that's where I was. I was not wasn't reading enough, wasn't praying enough. You know, I could be better. I could do better. And when I get to that better point, then I'll really be, you know, then I'll really be doing something for God. And, you know, you never get to that place because that's failure. You can never get to that place. You know, we beat ourselves up all the time, but we can never get to this utopia where we're really doing everything right and we're knocking it out of the park every day and we're loving people every day and we're, and we're you know, taking care of the homeless every day. We're doing all these things. It's like this, this bottomless pit that we fall into 
trying to do this stuff. And, and I always want to remind myself and remind people in our, in our church community and our families, it's like, no, 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 quit doing, because I can hear it in their conversation. They're trying to be happy. They're, they're trying to get things accomplished. They're trying to make this life. They're trying to, you know, without knowing that God is connected to your heart, you look outside of yourself to feel. You look outside of yourself to find purpose in life. You know, it's my career, it's my job, it's, you know, it's a vacation, it's, it's going to the special place. It's, and nothing's wrong with those things. But when we're looking to, for that to give us a feeling of worth, of I'm alive, I'm, I'm happy, you know, you know, we get on Facebook, we put our pictures where we're going, and that's cool. But then, you, you know what happens? You have your event, and it's cool, you enjoy it. But then after, you can look at the pictures and you still don't have that same flavor, do you? You don't have that same flavor. You can look at the pictures and go, oh, remember we went here, we went to Vegas, or we went up north, or we went to Duluth for the fall colors. And you, took it, you look at your pictures and your pictures are kind of cool. I mean, you kind of remember, but it's, it's not that same feeling. And so we search all the time for this, out in this world, for this feeling, for this existence. Something that I, I matter. I'm always looking out here to say, I, see, I matter. But the matter comes down to in your heart with God. So I heard one teacher say this too, and he goes, the whole world is about cause and effect. Cause and effect. And we're going to read in Mark 4, Jesus talks about cause and effect. But the cool thing is that God is the cause, but he's also the effect. So many times we get caught up we hear the cause, we hear the revelation, we hear God speak to us, we hear what the plan, we hear he loves us, but then also we try to carry it out in this outside world. He's the one that begins it. He says he's the alpha, the beginning, and he's the end. He's the one, he says, he's the beginning of your faith, and he's the end of your faith. He's in the whole place. He orchestrates it all. And all he needs to do for you to do it's just to let him do it. When you begin to know and acknowledge that God has got this thing covered. You know, we freak out most of the time in life because we don't, you know, we kind of we believe God's got it covered. Yeah, his grace is sufficient. You know, never leave me or forsake me. We have all these great words, God so loved the world. All this great stuff that he said about us. But then the effect, we get out in the world and the effect of the world hits us and we start believing the world's effect greater than what he said. And that happens to all of us. And so what has to happen is that you let him take you from it's complete, I've got this, and then you let him show you how that demonstrate and demonstrate that through your life. And the most easiest thing, the easiest way for this to happen for all of us is you just come in agreement with him. And how do you come in agreement with him? How do you come in agreement? How do you come in with agreement with God? I'm going to tell you something that's really crazy. Just by agreeing with him with this. You know, we always talk about grace, the grace of God. People talk about the grace of God. Are you the grace of God? Raise your hand if you're the grace of God. See, what happens is we go, no, he's the grace of God, not me. But let's go through, let's, let's talk about this. See, until you identify with something, you never become it. See, we're in this weird, this weird place where we want to experience the grace of God. We want to know God. We want to, we want to fellowship with him. We want to bring his love to other people. 
but we never take responsibility and go, I am the love of God. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? Your mind's kind of going, what? I'm not the love of God. I don't love people. I don't do this. I got mad at someone yesterday. See, here's what's happening. Galatians 3.20 says something. Jesus did something because he knew he had this problem. Jesus killed all of us. When he went to the cross, he killed all of us. You know what part of it he killed? He killed all of our egos. If you look in the Greek, I in the Greek is ego. Personality, wants, desires, all this stuff. That's the ego. And it says that in Galatians 3.20, I'll read it real quick. Let me pull it up and I'll run and read it. Just so, 2.20, sorry. If you have your Bibles, you can just look at this. Galatians 2.20. And I, and I have to keep this verse in front of me because it's so easy to get caught up into me again. See, you're, you're, the I tries to come and reinsert itself. I don't like this. I don't want this. I, I don't think this is good. You know, most of the arguments that start in life and most of the fighting in the world is because of I. And someone said, one friend told me, he says, sin, I is in the middle of sin. I is in the middle of pride. And so when you start saying I, 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 and we're, and we're, and we're brought up in a world where it's all about us. It's I, 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 I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like that. That food's gross. And we sit there and we do all this stuff. Don't, no, you don't have to eat everything. But what happens is that we start to center on I way, way too much. And Jesus knew that, and that's why he killed it. He killed it in all of us. And it says right here in... Galatians 2.20, it says, I, ego, no longer live. It says, I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. Now, we hear, maybe you've heard that scripture, maybe the first time you heard it, but it's one of these huge scriptures that I've known for years that just really starting to go off in me going, he killed the I. He killed the I in me so now Christ, the anointed one, with all of his anointing, his power, his grace, that's why I said, you are the love of God. Because it says right here, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The God of the universe, the creator of all things. That's why I said, when you say, I don't know this, I don't know this, I don't know this, maybe the I, you doesn't, but the Christ in you does. Think about that. The Christ in you does. And if you just wait on the Christ in you, the answer will come. The direction will come. The people that you need to help you in life will come. The money will come. Things will come because Christ is in you and he is everything, right? He's our life. He's our everything. He's our Savior, our Deliverer. He's everything and he loves us. But it says, Christ, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. See, sometimes you run past the things of God. We read these scriptures, and they're poetic, and they're beautiful, and they really have a, people hear them, and they go, oh, that's awesome. Oh, you know, they'll quote this verse, and yet Christ lives in me. But then they walk out and forget that Christ lives in them. And I'm not saying you have to, oh, i got to memorize this. No, you just begin to acknowledge it. One of my favorite scriptures is in the book of Philemon. And Philemon's only one book in the New Testament, and it's verse 6. And paraphrasing, it says this. It's the most incredible verse, I think, personally. Because it says this. It says, when I acknowledge the good in me, my faith becomes active. See, I'm telling you right now, you are the love of God. Now, you can sit there and go, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, 
You're a pastor, you're supposed to say that. That's your job to encourage us and kind of tell us these nice things. And, but, you know, I've got to deal with this stuff in everyday life. I've got to deal with this mother-in-law. I've got to deal with this. I've got to deal with this person at work. And yeah, 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 uh, whatever. No. But as you begin to acknowledge Christ in you, that's why I said he's the cause and he's the effect. When you begin to acknowledge him, all of a sudden he begins to come out. And when I say that you're the love of God, when I say now, this might freak some people out, that you are Christ, <gasps> how dare you say that, Pastor Gavin, that I am Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And Christ means, in the Greek, the anointed one. So the anointed one of God, the one who's anointed to do everything you need, heal, deliver, set free, give you this, bless people, is in you. It's in you. Christ is in you. So that's why you can begin to say, yeah, I'm the love of God. And as you say that, and you just dwell on that and meditate on that, the love of God comes out in you, and here's what it does. You know, I don't know if you've been, heard this enough, but you know, in, in, in uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, it's a big verse that I grew up with. I don't remember if Luke, you know, uh, renewing your mind. And every, oh, you've got to renew your mind, right, Amy? You've got to renew your mind. You've got to renew your mind. And how many of us renewed our mind and then we were still in the black pit, right? It's kind of the question I started asking going, how do I know when my mind's renewed, right? Because I thought I had one part kind of taken care of and then something else blew up in my life, right? And go, ugh, ugh. Okay, I'll just start renewing that part of my mind again. And then you chase after that. And then you think you get that done. And then, oh, okay, I'm doing good. Boom, and it blows up over here. And you're like, what the heck? And you sit there, and then sometimes most people just who are honest just go, I quit. I can't do it. I'm done. I'm not coming to church anymore. I'm not getting into God anymore because I tried, to, I tried to do what they said to do. And it didn't work. And now it's even kind of happening with the grace message. I've been talking to people about grace. And it's almost when I talk to them, it's all about saying the right words and saying the right grace phrases. And, and, and you know, and, and I've had some people leave my church because I didn't say grace right, which I don't know what that means, but I guess I, did, I wasn't using the right words that made them feel safe. And so they thought I wasn't saying grace right. And they, you know, they corrected me and told me, you're not saying grace right, Pastor, you're talking about your struggles too much. And when you have the grace of God, everything's perfect and everything works out great. And, and, and I was just like, well, and then they just were, you're not saying the grace. They, you know, you always get, you always get um, as pastors, you always get, uh, they, the Bible says don't do this, but people always do it. They always compare. They always compare. So if their favorite preacher is a Joseph Prince, if I don't say everything like Joseph Prince, I had people leave my congregation because I didn't say everything like Joseph Prince. Or Joel Olstein, or Bernie Britz, or Connie Twitter or whoever these, you know, the grace preachers are. And I just went, oh. It's not about saying the right words. You know, the Bible, if you look it up, I was looking up in Galatians and I was reading. And um, Galatians 3.20, and it talks about the law. Everyone heard about the law? Law of Moses and everything. Well, when you look it up in the Greek, you know what the law is actually? It's actually all scripture. I mean, when it talks about it, it says the five, book, five first books of the Torah, but really it's all Scripture. 
So all scripture, you can read like this scripture I read right here, Galatians 2.20, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live by believing in the Son of God who loved me and took the punishment for my sins. Now that's the end of the verse. But he lives in me now. He took the punishment for my sins. Now that's a great, great scripture, but what can happen, it stays in the realm of scripture and law. See, sometimes people think they just preach out a bunch of scriptures, and if you can quote a bunch of scriptures, you're really spiritual. No, what you're really doing is quoting the law. Just like if you get a textbook and you start reading a textbook and you start reading about, I don't know, what, let's say physics, and you start reading it, but just most people go, yeah, that's just the laws of physics. It didn't really mean anything to them. The reason why I told you earlier that you are the word of God, you are the love of God, you are the grace of God, because the Bible says when Jesus came in John 1, 4, yes, yep, John 1, 4, it says he, the word put on what? Flesh. Put on flesh. It was real. What do we like about Jesus when we read up in the story? He was a real person who dealt with real things. He wasn't just, you know, a scripture. He wasn't just, you know, people say weird things now. They always go, well, you know, the word of God says this and the word of God says this. And I go, wait, 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 wait. You're talking scripture because the Bible differentiates. Scripture and the word of God. Scripture is written on a page. The word of God is Jesus. And so when I'm talking to you today and saying that you are the word of God, how are, you know, how are people going to hear about the gospel? Through scripture or the word of God? Why are we here as a community of people coming together? Why do you do outreach? Why do you talk to your neighbor? Do you just hand a Bible and throw a Bible in their face? Read it. No, we, we do that. Or do you just quote scripture to them? More people are driven away by people quoting scripture at them. Then we see people on the, you know, up Minneapolis on the, you know, you know, up there screaming at people. You're going to hell. You're no good. You're this. You're that. You're drinking. You're a sinner. What are they doing? They're just beating people with the law. People aren't coming to that. See, they said this about Jesus that was interesting. The people, when the people heard Jesus talk, they said. He's different. They said, he has this kind of authority. What was the authority? He knew. He accepted who he was. He accepted that he was the Father's beloved. He accepted that he was loved. He was accepted that he was grace. And because he accepted it, then when people interact with, with him, they didn't get the law. They got grace. They got the love of God. They got the peace of God. They got the goodness of God. So that's why I'm saying to you, you are the love of God. And you might go, well, Pastor Aaron, I don't know how to get there. That sounds so weird. I, I, you know, I always make mistakes. I, I, I get nervous. I, I deal with depression. I deal with this. See, oh, see, that I is trying to reinsert itself. See, I was talking to one friend of mine, and, I, and he was been, he's been struggling in some areas. I just said to him, I just said, the problem is this, not doing more. The problem is just you realizing the greatness of God that's in you. That's it. Just acknowledge it. Just acknowledge. See, we, we want, there's this God is in us wanting to 
come out and wanting to affect people and want to make a difference. But then we let our mind and the eye get in there and say, you're not, you're not worthy. You're not qualified. You don't have what it takes. You did this. You grew up this way. You know how your parents treated you. You know you were abused. And this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and you know, this happened, and you've made mistakes, and how could God use you? No, see, that's the I. That's the person that's been dead. Christ is in you, waiting to come out. And you've seen him. He's popped out in different areas of your life. He's popped out and done things. You go, boy, man, that wasn't, that was the Lord. How did that happen? And you start talking to somebody, and then something comes out and just really blesses them. That's him. He's giving you breadcrumbs. Hey, this is me. Let me just, let me just kind of take over. You know, there's one scripture that's interesting because, you know, we all deal with life. And life is pretty intense. You know, we're probably all working 40-plus hours, raising families, trying to have a relationship, trying to do things. I mean, we're just, you know, boom, boom, boom. I heard you guys talking about sometimes you just want to come home and after work, put your pajamas on, drink some tea or coffee, you know, turn on Netflix and see, you know, you know my wife and I have been watching. Um, we just finished up one series because uh, that's what we do. We come home, we're tired. We, we were watching Haven. So we were watching the Haven series. We finished that off. And now we're, we've been watching uh, Limitless. It was a CBS thing that got canceled. But we kind of like the series. And we're just watching it and enjoying it. But yeah, but you know, life can be so incredible crazy that you just want to come home and just crash. Not do anything. And that's, yeah, I get that. But even in that, God is in you to energize you. And so as you begin to realize that, it's just the most, God is the most incredible person. I've been, I've been doing this. I had this one, um, I put it up my Facebook page. And it was, and, and the most powerful words that you can speak that are, that are in the human language, according, I would say, as you're reading this other teacher's book, are the two words, I am. Throughout the Old Testament, New Testament, God describes himself as I am. I am is the self-existing one. When you break down Jesus' name, Lord, Jehovah, all of them go back to this I am, I exist. And so the most incredible thing about God is he's done something really super cool with us. In Romans chapter 10, verse 8, he says something. Now, this is when Paul is kind of going through the theology of salvation and grace. You know, if you read Romans, it's the whole, Paul lays out the whole thing on salvation by grace and what it looks like, and he lays it on all the chapters. It's a beautiful thing if you ever read it, looking at it from that standpoint. But he, Paul says something before the great verse that we always talk about, you know, if you confess Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart that he's been raised from the dead, you'll be saved, right? He says something that's so stinking incredible that we don't realize. At least I didn't realize. I want, to say, I want to read this to you. I just want to read it. Romans 10, chapter 8, and it says this. It says in Romans chapter 10, verse 8, it says, However, what else does it say? The message, talking about, in one translation it says, the word, or Jesus, is near you. Okay? Now this is before pre- pre-salvation. He says, the word or the message is near you and it's in your mouth and it's in your heart. That is crazy. What's he saying? What has God done to everyone on the planet? He has put his word, he's put Jesus in their heart and in their mouth. 
And what activates it is when you go, Jesus is Lord. So everyone on the planet, everyone has Jesus on the inside of them and don't know it. Isn't that crazy? Now, we always think, well, you know, the Muslims, hey, the Muslims are the, the Jews. No, no, everyone, God is so cool that he put Jesus in their mouth and in their heart. And when they acknowledge it or become aware of it, So if God is in your mouth right now and in your heart, because you understand who he is, right? You understand that he lives in you. You understand that, you know, you died and he's now living in you and you get to go along with a ride with him. When I say that you're the word of God, when I say that you're the grace of God, when I say that you are the peace of God, Amy is the peace of God. When I look at Amy Dusek, I see, I don't see Amy Dusek, I see the peace of God because that's who she is, because she is an expression of God, right? She is God clothed in the flesh. Yeah, yeah, you got to remember that. Yeah, that's, you got to remember that. You got to remember that. Sometimes, you know, boom, whoa, yeah. But you see, here's what happens. Here's where we're going down to this place, and I'm, I'm almost done. We want these things, but we won't take these things. We, we run around these things saying, yes, I want to be more like Christ in my life, and I want to love people. And all the thing you have to do is begin to go, I am like Christ. I am, being self-existing one, it's talking about God. I am grace. When I said Amy is, when I said that she is peace, I'm basically saying God and Amy is peace. So if God and Amy is peace, whatever she does, is going to begin to bring peace into the situation. Now, you might have this thing, and here's what, here's what happens to us in life. You go out in life, and you don't bring peace. You say things, you get mad, you get angry. See, what we've been focusing on there, there's another great scripture in Hebrews 12, 13, I think it is, 12, 3 maybe. And it says, you know, you've maybe heard this, keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. How do you keep your eyes on Jesus? Galatians 3, 1 says that, Keep your mind on heavenly things, right? How do you do that when you're working during the week? You know? <laughs> you know, when you got a, you, you know, my wife's a bookkeeper, so she's always thinking and always crunching numbers and stuff. How does she think about Jesus when she's crunching numbers? It's real simple with Jesus. You just acknowledge him. She's crunching numbers, Jesus. I just, you know, I'm one with God. Boom. Just go back to your work. See, God doesn't, God, God's always, the, the Buddhists say something. The Buddhists say this, and it's really interesting. I love it. They say that all that you need to become is aware. If you ever read any Buddhist teachings, just become aware. And so what I'm talking to you today about when I say that you are Christ, I'm just making you aware of what you already have. And so as, during the week, as you just become aware, man, Amy Dusek's peace. She's the peace of God. You want to pray for her? Mia, Mia is the grace of God. You want to pray for somebody? I just pray Mia is the grace of God. Luke is the wisdom of God. See, I'm not looking at Luke, and I'm not looking at his beard, and he likes to hunt, and I saw he was in his craziness. I saw that picture of you. We went up to the Boundary Lodge or something, and you were loving it, and that's not me. I'm a city guy. And so I'm like, Luke, more power to you, baby. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm like that's awesome. But you know what? I'm not looking at Luke. I'm looking at God. I'm looking at, Luke is a unique expression of God. 
He likes his hunting, he likes his fishing and all that stuff, but he's a unique expression of God. See, this is, this is who we are. This is what makes the Christian life so much better. This is the great cause. That, and then the effect, it makes every day, even though you might be in a, in a crappy kind of situation, what begins to happen is that when you keep your eyes on Jesus, just acknowledge him, just become aware that you're peace. You might go, well, no, I don't feel peaceful. No, 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 see, that's the old self trying to reinsert itself. Let God in you bubble up. You're leaving this place today, you're going home, okay, I've got a busy week next week, and got a lot of things, and okay, we've got to pay these bills, and we've got this going on, and, and then you can start getting caught up, and then just go, no, Lord, I just acknowledge you. I am favor. I am wealth. Right? Because God's wealth, right? We're not talking about naming and claiming. We're not talking about all this weird stuff. I need a big house to feel good. I need a fancy car to feel like I'm special. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. But when you begin to, because everyone goes, well, I don't believe in the prosperity message. I go, yeah, you do, because you go to work every day. You buy your kids clothes, right? Isn't that prosperity? We help the homeless, right? I, I see those guys in the street. I always give them a couple bucks. Why? Because I want to help. I don't want them on the streets. You know, our church gives outreach. You know, because we want, you know, kids, we get to feed my starving children because we don't want children to be starving. What are you doing? You're bringing prosperity to them, right? So why don't you just own up to it and say, I'm a pro- I am prosperity because God's prosperity, and he wants them blessed, and so I'm a blessing to be a blessing, right? Let's just quit playing the religious game and be who we said you are. You are the anointed ones. You are Christ. You are as, don't we go by the body of Christ? So the body's got a head, right? Right? Who's the head? Yeah, you're not the head, are you? And so when you open your mouth, if you begin to think on this and receive this and let this grow in you, your words will be tainted with God. And wherever you go, you'll bring, just like Jesus did, you bring the presence and the goodness and the grace of God into every situation. This is who you are. And so I'm just, you know, throwing out some breadcrumbs to you. God is in you. God is in you. God is in you. Just begin to acknowledge. Because when you say, I am a son of God. See, that's something that you didn't earn. It's all about grace. God gave that to you. And you are acknowledging the grace of God. I am forgiveness. I've been saying that to myself. I am forgiveness. Because didn't... Jesus tell us that his disciples that they could forgive other people's sins. Didn't he tell them that? He says, when you go play, forgive their sins. <gasps> you remember the Pharisees got mad at Jesus because he said that? Only God can give, only God can forgive sin. Aren't you a son and daughter of God? Aren't you an ambassador of heaven? Don't you look like God? I mean, everyone in this room looks like God, right? You are God, right? You, God's inside you, right? You're his children, right? I know this is kind of crazy because religion doesn't like this. Oh, no, no, no. You're a sinner saved by grace. No, 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 no. You are a child of God. You're in the image and likeness of him. That's who you are. So I just want to stir you up today. And if you just trust me with this, and it's got to build in you because you know some, your mind's going to war, your mind's going to war with you on this because your mind wants to fit into the world your mind wants to be the designation that the world has put on you 
your mind likes that because it's safe. What I'm talking about is revolutionary. This is like what Jesus turned the world upside down and so did Paul. This is how it happens. This is how you change your community when you become the change. You know, I heard about a motivational guy say this. Be the change. You be the change first or something like that. You want to see change? You be it. You be Christ. And it all starts with, I am Christ. And what happens? As you just let that plant grow, God grows it into a great thing. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. We just thank you, Lord, that the words that I said, Lord, that you inspired me as the word of God to say to these other words of God, that, Lord, that it begins to water, to grow that Christness that's already in them, Lord. I pray for everyone here, Lord, and everyone they touch, that the, the awareness of Christ in them, like you said, Lord, it was the mystery from the foundation of the earth, Christ in us, the hope of glory, that Christ, your spirit in them, rises up in such a way that they begin to see themselves as grace, as faith, as hope, as love, as peace, as joy, as self-control, Lord, that their life demonstrates all the fruit of the spirit. We thank you for that, Lord. We just we pray for the, the event that's happening out here with those other people, that they come to awareness of your goodness and your mercy, the people of St. Paul, the people of Minneapolis, the people around the, the upper Midwest, the people around this world, Lord, will realize that you have already put your goodness in their mouth and in their heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. Don't go anywhere, though. We're going to go to discussion yeah. then here.